This is the theme song. It's Heavy Hitters, episode number nine. When you kill someone, cover them with lime. I'm Kenzie, she's Randy. This is the theme song. Season two, episode nine. Welcome back to the cornfield, motherfuckers. <laughs> We're here to ruin your motherfucking day. I'm very curious what covering people with lime. I know I'm going to probably learn. Actually, this story has nothing about covering people with lime, but I watched this badass oh. show. Have you? Okay, so there's this show. Um, Bubba, Bubba literally like had Saturday to himself and and he was like it's it was cold so i decided to like stay inside and like that is very unheard of for my husband he's always got to do something and he was like i decided to be lazy and i was like are you okay like genuinely mm. i are told you him you? right so anyway he started this series called um the mayor of kingstown oh and it's on uh paramount plus i think oh. so fucking good if y'all want to watch it it's so fucking good but anyway in one of the episodes they uncovered um, a school bus full of 26 dead bodies and they're all like fucking cocooned it, they're literally all in their own little weirdo chrysalis cocoons um, and they're covered in lime oh <laughs> so, interesting so yeah, that's, okay that's all well, I could think of I mean that's yeah. fair Yay. That's, that sounds like it would make an impression yeah how are you Mirandy I am just fine um yeah how are you I'm very alright, getting into the Christmas spirit, and by that I mean I'm hardly prepared for Christmas at all, but yes. I'm right there with you. I have not wrapped a single present. Ooh, since this is- wait, okay, so since this is like our Christmas week episode, do, what's your favorite thing about Christmas? What What is your favorite thing, like, every fucking year, you're like, I'm so lit about- Oh, well, I don't know if this is, like, necessarily one thing, but my family always gets together on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day, Mm -hmm. and, like, when I was a kid, we would host it at our house, and it was fun, like, my grandparents would come, and it was, like, a whole to-do, and, um, yeah, so my mom still has us over on Christmas Eve, and I just always look forward to that. That's awesome. What about you? Well, that's really funny because, like, I was going to say, like, my whole life – so, my my mom got remarried to my stepdad when I was, like, three. So, basically, mm-hmm. my stepdad's been part of my life my whole life. And um, we're all, like, very close to my grandparents on his side. And what I was going to say is every single year for Christmas Eve, we all get together as, like – my grandma has six kids. So, not all of them live around here, but – um, so – the kids, grandkids, now these days, great-grandkids, and <laughs> great-grandkids. Great-great-great? No, just great-grandkids. Okay, sorry. I'm like, how many of us are there? Who are we? Who am I? Um, but yeah, so yeah, we all get together, and we do our big thing. And every year, we either do, like, we do, like, a ton of, like, soups and snacks. We don't have, like, a legit meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we do fondue, and this year is a fondue year, and I'm bringing Ooh. fucking... They gave us a huge list, because they were like, everyone needs to bring a food to bring. Um, and <laughs> I chose chicken nuggets, so I'm going to bring, bring chicken nuggets to dip in fondue. Chicken fondue nuggets. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I don't care. I All the kids are going to love me for the chicken yeah, nuggets. Yeah, they are. So... They really Heck are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's us. That's fun. Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited for you to have your fan bam Christmas. Yes. Fan bam, thank you, ma'am. Yes, and and you as well. We'll we will probably be fan bam Christmasing around the same time. Yeah. So that's fun. Yes. Heck yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna do anything? Do you have Monday off? Um. Yes, I have Friday and Monday off. Oh, yeehaw, girl! You're. F- yes. Fancy. I'm very fancy. I for sure have Monday off. I don't think nice. I have Friday off. But yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Tis the season. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm gonna be all like, "Tis the depression. Tis the sad time. Tis the sadness." Are you ready? I am as ready as I'm gonna get. Okay. Well, that's as good as it'll have to be. <laughs> all right. So a little bit time machine. Time machine action. We're going back to 2012. Oh, okay. Uh, almost 11 years ago. So. Yeah. Here we Ugh. go. Yeah. Yeah, right. It was bad enough when it was 10. <laughs> Where were you this day in 2012? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. You don't um, need to know. You don't need to know. I was a junior in high school and I was wearing too much eyeliner. That's all I know. Yes, same. <laughs> okay. Um, on the evening of February 1st, 2012, 18-year-old Samantha Koenig was finishing up another shift at the small coffee stand she worked at called Common Grounds. It was a type that only had a drive through window. So when a man came up to her window with a mask on his face, Samantha wasn't shocked or freaked out. It was a cold spring in Anchorage, Alaska, and she was pretty used to customers bundling up to go on their late night coffee runs. And by the way, it was like around like eight, eight at night. Mm-hmm. Dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the man ordered his coffee and Samantha turned around to prepare it. When she turned back, the man was pointing a revolver at her. Um, in footage from the camera, you can see Samantha put her arms back and started to step, or put her arms up and started to step back, but she had nowhere to go because she was in literally, like, a tiny coffee stand. Um, the man instructed her to shut the lights off, to which she obliged. He then jumped into the stand. He used zip ties to tie her up. He gagged her with napkins so she couldn't scream, and he dragged her out the door to a white truck that he had parked nearby toward the street. He told her that he was taking her for ransom money, and when she explained, hey, I don't have money, my family doesn't have money, he said that the community would rally behind them to help raise it. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, off they went. He starts driving, um, and then to be able to carry out his, um, like, ransom scheme, he was going to need Samantha's phone to send messages, and he was going to need her debit card to pull money from her account, because that's where he wanted the, f- the funds deposited to. Sure. Um, Samantha didn't have her phone with her, um, or well, Yeah, because he card. fucking pulled her out of yeah. the workplace. Right? He wasn't idiot. like, hey, kids, grab your backpacks and your homework, we're going home today. No, that's not how it went. Right. So, her phone was in the coffee stand, but her debit card was actually in her boyfriend's truck. Because, like, her boyfriend and her, like, actually shared account or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this dude had balls. He literally went back to where he just kidnapped her from. And we don't really know how much time passed between, like, the actual, like, taking of her when he went back. But still, he goes back to exactly where the crime scene was. And he got her phone. And she's still in the car. He left her, like, tied up in the car when he went to get her. And by car, I mean truck. Sorry. Um, so the man sent a text from Samantha's phone to her boyfriend, who was Dwayne. And it was something along the lines of, fuck off. 
I'm going to stay with friends for a few days. Let my dad know. Um, Samantha and her boyfriend, Dwayne, did live with her dad. So that's probably why it was deduced to be from the guy to say that. But I'm just yeah. like, okay, if I'm going to be, like, running away, I, maybe I would tell my dad and my boyfriend separately. I don't know. But yeah, you know what? That's But she wasn't actually running away. So that's what the deal was. And then a little bit later, he sent him another text just saying to fuck off. Oh. Um, Smith and her boyfriend actually had been kind of arguing previously. Like, they were kind of going through a rough patch, but, like, they were on the outs. Like, he was literally supposed to go pick her up from work that night. Oh, shit. Right. So, anyway, the guy drove Samantha and himself back to his home. And he put Samantha in a shed that he had prepared. Um, she gave him her address and the PIN number to her debit card. And he went to retrieve it himself, or, like, by himself. Oh. At Samantha's home, meanwhile, her boyfriend, Duane, was probably a little bit confused by those texts. Mm -hmm. Um, He was supposed to have picked her up from work, and when she wasn't there, he saw, and, like, he saw, like, the dark coffee stand and everything. It looked like she just, he kind of assumed she got a ride from someone else if she was, Yeah, like, she just up and left. Right. The man arrived to Samantha's home, and right from her boyfriend's truck, he stole the debit card. And Dwayne actually heard something outside. So he, like, went to the door and he started yelling at the guy. But he had made it to his vehicle um, before he – and, like, was driving off before he could even do anything. So, Shit. like, he was alone again. So he literally almost got caught. It was, like, kind of – I'm sure that's one of those things that Dwayne to this day is probably, like, what could I have done? Was he able to, like, get a good view of the vehicle at least to know what he was looking for or anything? Well, not really, and this guy had um, resources, like, people weren't going to see that vehicle again, like, it was a white truck or something like that. Yeah. So the man went to an ATM nearby, um, so he could confirm the pin that Samantha gave him was correct, and it was correct, so he went into his house, and he wanted to make sure that his girlfriend and his daughter were sleeping uh, before he went back out to a shed. Um, He made himself a drink and gave Samantha a glass of wine. Yeah, so his shed, he basically had all set up. Um, Like I said, it was cold Alaska winter, spring, I guess, for February. Um, And he had heater in there. He had plenty of items in there. Um, So, yeah, he gave her a glass of wine. He kind of wanted her to relax a little bit. You know, I just kidnapped you. Let's chill and get to know each other. Yep, yep. Yeah. He then turned on a radio and cranked the volume so that no one could hear the sound of him raping her (gasps) violently and strangling her to death. Oh my gosh. And he did rape her multiple times, maybe posthumously as well. Uh. That ransom the man was talking about was really just a ploy for money. Um, He hadn't actually, I mean, he had every intention of killing her. He wasn't going to keep her alive. Right. He did, like, he did tell her basically, like, oh, as long as your family pays the ransom, I'm not going, like, you're not going to get hurt. You're going to be fine. Mm, and I mean, shit. like, literally, as you haven't heard, he hasn't even done anything about a ransom yet. Right. So, like I said, um, the man's shed was previously prepared for this night. Um, he had, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He had all his supplies in the shed to keep his victim contained. He also had that heater running to keep it nice and comfortable for himself because, God forbid, we'd be cold while committing crimes. 
especially terrible, awful sex crimes and, you know, murder, like the crime. After he was finished, uh, he unplugged the heater and left Samantha to freeze in the cold Alaskan air. He went inside his house and he packed his bags. Um, And the following morning, he, along with his girlfriend and his daughter, went on a two-week-long cruise out of New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Super neat. Mm -hmm. Um, During his vacation, Samantha sat in the cold, dark shed while her father and boyfriend searched for her endlessly. With no leads and little police help, they really kind of um, didn't have anywhere to start or they didn't know where to look to. Mm -hmm. Um, You see, although Samantha was only 18, she had um, fought with addiction and she was recently clean and sober and she was working on making a life for herself. I mean, things were going in the right direction. She was a barista at this coffee shop. She was trusted to like work by herself, didn't need her boss or anything like that. Right. Um but it was assumed that she was either like on a bender or basically just ran away. It was uh. kind of the classic she's 18, she's an adult, she has every right to do whatever the hell she wants right. type of thing. Um and like her dad had also had kind of a checkered past too and like um so like, her dad and her boyfriend were kind of accused of, like, did you make this happen type of thing? Oh, which is shit. Terrible. Fucking terrible. And it happens, yes, but hindsight is always twenty twenty when you know what, that it wasn't them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, that was on February 1st. Um, on February 17th, the Snowbird family arrived home. While his girlfriend and daughter were getting settled back in, he went out to his shed to work on stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he plugged his heater back in. Uh, he carefully thought out Samantha's lifeless body with none other than a hairdryer. What? He braided her hair, a skill that he learned from taking care of his daughter, because while murderer and rapist is also part of his identity, so is father of the year. Uh, Using a needle and thread, what? I said I can't. Yeah, right. I cannot gather. Um, Using a needle and thread, he sewed her eyelids open. (gasps) He positioned her upright in a chair and held up a newspaper with a recent date on it and took a picture. No. No, 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 no. Darn tootin'. He made copies of the picture and he used a typewriter that he purchased just for this to write a ransom note. He demanded that $30,000 would be, um, would need to be placed in Samantha's account to which he would then drain. And then he would like, you'd get Samantha back. Um, that was what was included in his note. Um, and then, you know how I said, like he has Samantha's cell phone. Um, they, they couldn't track it because he ended up taking Samantha's battery out and this is in 2012. So there wasn't much as far as like pinging goes. I mean, like. He did drive around town. Like, they could tell that he was driving around when he was sending those texts because they yeah. came from different parts of town. And, I mean, Anchorage, Alaska is, like, one of the largest cities in Alaska, but it's Alaska, and it's still a small town. Like, there there wasn't much for them to be able to look for exactly through, through all that. But, anyway, like I said, he had taken out the battery. So, he puts the battery back in her phone for a little extra fuckery, and um, he posted the random note in a local park. It was underneath the flyer for a missing dog named Albert. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, in the text, he wrote to her boyfriend, Duane. 
under Albert. Ain't she purdy? Purdy was um it like P E R T Y. It was it was not pretty. Uh, yeah. He had to put some zest into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Some some like and I make said, it, make it sound like it didn't come from her. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um that is he, so bad. Right. So Samantha's family worked with police to find that poster, which, like I said, under Albert, um, and get together funds uh, to deposit into her account. Now, like, part of this was, like, police doing their police stuff. (laughs) And then, like, part of this was actually, like, some community help. Um, And this is one of the big things that made Samantha's father be a suspect in this case. Um, Because he was rallying so hard for the ransom money. And, I mean... And the way I see it, this is a desperate father trying to find any way to oblige this man to get his daughter back. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, But the police took it as he had something to do with it and he wanted the money. Meanwhile, Um, the guy that actually did it clearly didn't need the fucking money since he just took his family on a two-week vacation. Right? But, hey, it's all for the fun of it. Um, yeah, like, his dad, kind of, his reputation was tainted hardcore. Like, he did not get... I don't think he really got justice for this. Like, even though his name was cleared, like, it, his name was drugged through the mud. Because mm-hmm. they, they assumed it was, like, he was trying to settle a past drug debt. Like, Samantha was taken by, you know, people he owed money to. Or, Jeez. you know, something along the lines of that. Like, I, you've heard, we've heard quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, of course. Like, not only is this father trying to grieve losing his daughter, trying to find his daughter. But he's also trying to fight for himself, too. And it's, like, where do you draw the line? How does yeah. he... You know, like, stupid. Stupid. Uh. So while in Alaska, he made, like, two or three withdrawals at the $500 daily um, limit to, uh, on her card in different um, banks around Alaska. And while police were, like, really tightly tra- tracking her card, um, basically the banks were supposed to be, like, hey, her card was pinged at this terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, all of these terminals by this time had footage. Um, or had uh, uh, surveillance footage, so they could look back, and they all they could find was that this guy was in like, um, like a Nissan Xterra, which is I don't know if you know what that is, but it's yes. like a, a larger SUV. Ugly. <laughs> yeah, they're so ugly. But to me, it looks like a mountain SUV or like something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like a little bit heavy duty, probably like a normal Alaska car. But anyway. Um, so they could see this guy, but every single time he goes through, he has on sunglasses and a fucking face mask. So it's like, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but every time they ping, um, like that card or what have you, I'm using terrible, terrible terminology. Um, the, the police were kind of always a step behind. Like every time, like they, okay, like this terminal, let's go here. They had like really nothing to go off of. So they couldn't, you know, find him. Then, eventually, this card showed as being used in the lower 48. Oh. Right. In New Orleans. <laughs> no, actually, not in New Orleans. <laughs> so, this is this is after that trip. This is a while later. It shows up as a withdrawal being made in Arizona. Oh. Yep. So, they get, um, like, the FBI is in on this case now. Like, kind of everyone's working on it now. Sure. Because, like, obviously. We've three- crossed state lines. Yeah, we've crossed some state lines. Then he goes into New Mexico. And then by this time, they're 
other stuff by surveillance because they have to look through all the footage because this guy obviously isn't in a vehicle. Like, he didn't drive a vehicle from Alaska to the United States. He had to, like, he he likely flew there. So then they're like, we got to find out what vehicle it is. And then at all of these different um, ATMs, because although, like, he also eventually goes to Texas. So, like, through Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, it wasn't just, like, one withdrawal in each state. It was multiple. And then they were able to deduce that it was a white Ford Focus that he was driving. And then from there, they were able to find somehow, I can't quite remember how, but they were able to deduce that it was an Avis rental car. Oh. Because, like, obviously they were thinking, like, it's rental cars. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's a white Ford Focus. It's owned by Avis. And then there's two different, like, white Ford Focuses at the same time that Avis had rented out to customers. Oh, so shit. they even, they pull a customer over. And it's literally the wrong fucking one. It's someone that's like, what the fuck is happening? They're like, hi, um, what? <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then finally one day, Corporal Brian Henry of the um, Texas Highway Patrol pulls someone over for speeding. It's a routine traffic stop, but he does see some similarities in this car based on, like, a bolo that they have out. Mm-hmm. Um, be on the lookout, uh, you know, if you know the bolos. The bolo. The bolos. <laughs> the bolos. <laughs> You know, he ended up pulling out this uh, guy's ID. He doesn't see, like, any red flags with it. But then he's, like, I, like, he basically is, like, I had enough information to be able to, um, for probable cause to search the car. And so he asked, and the guy was, like, yeah, sure, search my car. He literally, on the front seat of the car, he finds a black face mask. Oh. Some sunglasses. Samantha's phone. (gasps) And in the wallet, in his wallet, he has an ATM card. Uh, it has Samantha's name on it. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's got kind of a fucking idiot. Yeah, a little <laughs> right. suspicious. Yeah, a little suspicious, fishy. Fishy, fishy, suspicious. Um, the name of the driver was Israel Keys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've heard of him. Yes. Maybe you have. I was going to say, like, this This is his most uh, famous kill. Yeah, as soon also- as he said coffee stand, I was like, mm. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this this is literally the last kill or last known kill, but probably the last one of Israel Case. Um he was known to be a uh, a serial killer throughout the United States as well as like Alaska like the upper one and the lower 48, not mm-hmm. the Hawaii. Um there is suspicion of whether or not he had some kills in Canada and I think he even mentioned some I don't know if it was, like, in Mexico or, like, right off the coast, like, in the U.S., but, mm. yeah. Um, so, like I said, this is going to be – well, I didn't tell the, everyone. I just told Miranda. This is going to be a two-part episode, and I guess this turned out to be a little bit shorter than I wanted it to be. But I can <laughs> give you some more details. I will give go back and give you some more details because um, there was some stuff that I did um, forget to write well i have a question um yeah of course and i don't remember it's been a long time since i've heard about him Uh um but when he killed her it was like random it wasn't like he had been stalking her and knew her or anything like that beforehand right correct um israel's mo was essentially to not have an mo I mean, and it, that that wasn't his goal. His goal wasn't for everyone to be blah, blah, blah. But he was, like, an opportunity killer because yes. um, what we'll get into in the next episode when I go into – I, I want to talk more about, like, um, known um, 
victims mm-hmm. and then victims that very very are likely and then people who are like not at all his victims although people like to say it was israel okay um there's there's lots of receipts to pull but anyway um his huge mo was like opportunity like we will see that young old man woman um really there wasn't much to it the main thing he said is he wanted like thinner smaller people be- just simply because they were easier to like take over and dispose mm-hmm. of uh-huh so um, up. right one thing that's so noble of him by the way um one thing he tried not to do was that he had mentioned um no mothers or like oh. if he if he knew that someone was a mother which i mean a lot of these things you never know well yeah that's especially just it. if it's, it's random like, it's not like you're gonna well i suppose maybe actually if you had a kid you would like plead for your life and be like, like no i have a child my children <laughs> Right. Uh, shit, I would. I would. I'd say, I have a mom. I have a dad. Uh, yeah. I, I worship Satan. I worship God. I, like, literally everything. Like Anything the, you, what do you want me to say? I'll anything say it right to now. make you blink and, like, just stop and think? Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Maybe I won't even shut the fuck up. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, anyway. um, So, and then he also wouldn't do kids. Like, people, like, Samantha, I think, was one of his... <sighs> Wasn't his youngest victim, but as an adult, she was his youngest victim. So, like, when he was sure. younger, he did some, like, I guess age-appropriate, um, uh, had some age, some victims that were around his age. However, once he was a grown adult, his youngest victim was Samantha. Mm. So, yeah. But after he became was a nice father. Right, yeah. Uh, so so cool um after he became a father i think it kind of fucked with his uh, head a little bit i almost wonder if he never had become a father maybe he would have um like been drawn to kind of more of you know yeah but yeah yeah uh, heck and fucky very yeah. fucky he's a sick fuck um and so i now i will tell you what he did with samantha's body because we do know that um, Samantha was literally his only victim whose remains were ever identified. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, there are possible other victims, but, um, spoiler alert, um, Israel's dead, and unfortunately, a lot of victims we will just never have information on. Um, it will just always be a question. Um, oh. but anyway, so, um, after Israel took that ransom photo, he um, cut her up, and he went ice fishing, and he had an ice shack or some sort of, I don't know if he had a full-on ice shack or just some sort of, like, kind of a small shelter thing, um, but either way, he, he was concealed enough. He did fish, and he put parts of Samantha's body no. down into the hole. No. Yep. And then he caught some fish. And he went home and prepared them. And he ate fish with his family that night. Out of the same water. From the same hole that he dropped Samantha in. That's terrible. Yep. Um, When he had been actually caught by police and he had admitted all of this to them, they did have divers go down into that lake. And they did find um, parts of Samantha, and they could confirm that, like, Mm. this insane fucking story is true. That's terrible. Yeah. Really fucking terrible. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, this was, this, 
I had so many notes, but I feel like you didn't ask as many questions as you typically do. And I'm not complaining. Like, or no, sorry. I'm not trying to complain about like all your questions because like I always try to like leave a buffer in for that in my head. Yeah. And this turned out to be a lot shorter than I wanted it to be (laughs) because you didn't interrupt me. No, I I had several times that I wanted to interrupt you. And then I was like, I bet she's going to answer my question if I just shut the fuck up for five seconds. Maybe I won't though. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I forgot. No. Okay, fine. Well, yeah. So that is the case of Samantha Koenig. Um, Yeah, it's very sad. And I, yes, it's, uh, I hate it. And like, but, she was doing nothing wrong. She literally was nope. at her fucking job. Correct. And Israel had even gone to um, other coffee shops because he had kind of patrolled for like, a, I don't know if it was over the course of some days or if it was just like, hey, today I want to like take a girl from a coffee shop. I'm not exactly sure where, uh, what his preparation for that side of things was but he had gone to multiple coffee shops um, on that day yes and he chose common grounds because of its location like it was in an easy location it was open later than all the other coffee shops in town because it was open till eight or nine or something Mm. like that um and it it had like it was like had the easiest roadway to get away or something along those lines Jeez. Yeah. All right, guys. So, yeah, that's, like I said, all I have for you this week. Um, part two, we're going to come back. I'm going to dissect um, a little bit more of why Israel Keys became Israel Keys. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about other people's lives that he ruined. And it's going to be so fun. <laughs> it's going to be so fun, King Sad. It's so fun, King Sad. Yeah. Darn darn too ten um it's i'm excited um to learn y'all about this i'm glad that you're excited i like that you're excited i hate to say that that sounds so fucking grim (laughs) i know what you mean though it's not like uh you're happy that it happened it's a you have a lot of knowledge about it and you want to share it with the world the world yeah i do i do want to share it with the world um, in the meantime, if you feel like you need some more uh, information about Israel Keys, please go ahead and listen to the podcast called True Crime Bullshit. Literally true crime bullshit. I heard that podcast name. A- this sounds like my style. So I listened mm-hmm. to it and I obsessed over it for two years. And then when I made my own podcast, I was like, when should I do that? When should I do that? So then I decided to listen to the podcast again. And I'm talking all 15 episodes. These are like movies, right? You're like... And uh, I, his first name is Josh. I cannot remember his last name. He is an amazing storyteller. He did a beautiful job showcasing everything, picking out everything. Um, so, yeah, go give that a listen if this is not enough for you. But please, I have the Campbell Soup Condensed version. And I would still love it if y'all joined us next week and listen to part two. Yeah. But So, yeah, like I think we got one thing left to say, Miranda. Yes, and that's Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay that was that was not what i was gonna say but also that also yes merry christmas happy holidays happy christmas harry um merry um Kwanzaa, uh, merry harry christmas spin your the fuck out happy of your adrenals it is hanukkah. for for the hanukkahs yes hanukkah started yesterday i believe yes um 
especially at Adam Sandler. I love you. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of eight, one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. I did tell Bubba that I would be open to converting to Judaism so I could be closer to Adam Sandler, and he denied that. So, oh, um, yeah. When I grow up, I want to be Adam Sandler. Well, Please know that you're not too you're not too old. I don't think I'm too old. No, I think I'm too girl. You can start but dressing you know what? like him. <laughs> I think Bubba just has a, some of those shorts. Yeah, just a baggy pair of basketball shorts and a huge T-shirt, and like a slightly beat up pair of Uggs. But I do. Oh my that. god! What? You and Bubba could be like Adam Sandler and one of his wives from one of his movies or something for Halloween next year. Dude, I would make a Bubba mean... has Bubba I has the make... hair color for it. Mean, You're right? I would make a mean Drew Barrymore from Fifty Four States. Barrymore, 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 Drew Barrymore. Yes, Drew Barrymore. I have there blonde hair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dude, that's wonderful. Oh my god! And then Hudson can be Hula. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get my baby a coconut bra. <laughs> and a creepy contact lens for his one eye. Maybe just some weird glasses, but yeah. There you go. I'm going <laughs> to use a mop for his hair. All I can think lovely. of is him in the video that they make for <laughs> Or, or, Ooh. he could be, um... The little boy from uh, Big Daddy? Well, yes, oh. but no. The, oh. um... Drew Barrymore's brother and like the top top like <laughs> get him a shirt. <laughs> I was just thinking he should be the walrus <laughs> uh, or you could be the zookeeper lady that like braids her hair all around I'm pleased to be meeting you <laughs> oh shit okay okay I'm leaving this in. I'm just <laughs> I love Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, notice me. Listen to my pen. Can't he already does. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's famous. Yes. Okay, guys. Now for Rizzle. For Shizzle, my nizzle. We really only have one thing left to say. And yes. that is, we will see, we'll see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Bye.